Welcome to Motherhood on Tap, the podcast for mamas who laugh their way through the struggles of parenting and also occasionally do warm-up exercises. Y'all, la 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 la. I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela walker Hello. Hello. <laughs> so I'm still chugging my water because she's I'm still pregnant. Pregnant over here, but Pamela <laughs> is very much enjoying her beverage. What are you drinking? Um, well, Miss Sarah kind kindly gave me a bottle of some good vodka and some strawberry kiwi juice, and I may have like poured half of a glass of vodka before I realized that maybe that was just smidge. She much. poured a Sarah-sized portion. I was like... I was quite proud. I was kind of pouring, and I was like, oh, that might be a little much. I always forget about that, because, I mean, I always drink... I tend to drink a lot of beer, and then I also drink wine, which even, yeah. even with wine, it's like, oh, yeah, you're pouring it into, like, a finite-sized glass, so you're limited. But then with spirits and stuff like that, it's like, oh, glug, 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 glug. Oh, wait, I was supposed to put, like two drops in there. Yeah, because spirits is a lot stronger than a wine or a beer. Oh, so hell yeah. A little more concentrated, so. But is it tasty? It's so tasty. Your daughter's strawberry kiwi juice is very yummy with vodka. It's a good mixer. I did not look to see what brand of vodka, but it's like straight vodka, and it's like It's really something smooth. with rain in it. It's, it's a really pretty bottle. I really love Grey Goose. It's on par with Grey Goose. Grey Goose, get your girl feeling loose. Oh, snap. <laughs> Fergie Ferg. I'm doing my, I'm doing my platypus face as I say when I get drunk. I, my Mark says I do a platypus face. I go, mm-hmm. everybody and else does a duck face, but I have such big lips that it's like, and she's doing super sweet dance moves with it. I love it. I hate that we're not a visual medium right now. <laughs> So we we recorded a mini. Let me just explain. I'm not a lush. We recorded a mini sode, and this is the only thing I have to drink. And so I'm like sipping on it while we're recording the mini sode, and then I was like, I've only drank like a quarter of it, and I'm already drunk, and I feel good because I have had stress. Yes. So now that we are only releasing every other week, we're really just we're trying to record every week, but. Sometimes it's every other week. Right. So the last time we recorded was before I puked my guts out and like my whole house had like the stomach bug and then I kindly passed it to Sarah's family. Because mm-hmm. sharing is caring. Sharing is so caring. And, you know, maybe you needed to lose that five pounds of exactly. you know, that water weight. You know, the, the baby didn't need it today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... So, as of today, it's gone all the way through our house, so everyone is in the clear now. So, that and dealing with Aurora's three-nager attitude is really getting to me. So, I need to get drunk. Girl, drink. Here. So, I'm Cheers. Cheers with your water bottle. Boom. Tink. Tink. Totally random. I'm already, like, daydreaming about beverages I want to have once I'm able to have them again. Oh, I did that, too. Girl. Do you like um, sake at all? I do. Like hot sake? Not hot, but I, I like it room temperature. I've had it like room, like room temperature. May, I might get us some sake for like wintertime stuff. Ooh. So you can have your, we can each have our own whatever temperature I'll we want. I'll bring some like mold cider one <gasps> time too. <laughs> mold cider or mold wine. Do you want me to make that jingle juice again since like baby <laughs> will be born before the holiday like we can do it like around new year's yeah that sounds good and if you are new to our show go back to our previous christmas episode a year ago where we get sloshed on jingle juice that i found it was fantastic we got 
really, really trash. Hashtag white girl wasted. And that is also when I realized that I was pregnant again because I was immensely hungover the next day. For days. Probably, yeah, days. Yeah, days. I remember laying on the couch and the girls being like, well, won't you play with us, mommy? Because everything hurts and I'm dying. I remember telling my coworker, I was like, everything's so bright in this trailer. So really, I'm just hungover. So once we're both able to drink again, it's going to get stupid real fast. Yes. Lady. Yes. What crap in the internet do we have? I have some fun stuff. Um, I like fun stuff. Well, this one actually kind of made me a little angry. So So the opposite of fun. I think about Jeff Foxworthy, like, here's your sign, like, stupid is, stupid does. Mm -hmm. So a woman climbed into the lion exhibit at the (gasps) Bronx Zoo to taunt the lion. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah has a shot looked on her face like I'm lying. No, oh, no. did you ever see that that show that used to be on Animal Planet? It was like untamed and uncut. Yes. This just makes me think about that show so much. So, Ugh. well, this also made me think of my mom and dad when they were in Gatlinburg. There's a l- very long stretch of path. It's called Cade's Cove. Uh-huh. But you can actually stop and get out and take pictures. But there's a barricade. So, if you go over the barricade, it's kind of like your safety is no longer our problem kind of thing. Yeah. And apparently a woman climbed over and was, like, trying to coax a baby bear cub (gasps) towards her. And my mom and dad are just standing there like, you are the stupidest person. And her family's hollering at her to come back because... That is, like, one of the most dangerous situations you could put yourself in is being anywhere close to a bear cub. Yeah, so I... um, I told my mom, I said, what happened? She's like, well, we left not long after that because your dad said if somebody was going to get eaten, he didn't want to see it. (laughs) So one woman at the New York City Bronx Zoo um, climbed over the safety rail at the African Lion Exhibit, which also I love watching the show The Zoo, The Zoo on the Animal Planet is goes behind the the scenes at the Bronx Zoo. Mm -hmm. And they also have a show with the the zoo in San Diego as well. And it's very fascinating to me how they take care of the animals. So the unidentified woman was filmed standing in the exhibit near a lion with only a moat with a 14-foot drop separating them. Mm -hmm. By the way, lions can jump very high in a very long distance. Yeah. So the 14-foot drop may or may not have been good. Especially when they are motivated to get at a food source or something that they see as a threat. Yes. So, in the video, the woman appears to dance for the lion. um, And it's noted here who doesn't appear to be impressed. Mm -mm. But the guy that filmed the video told NBC News that at first he thought the woman and her dancing was part of the exhibit. Like, she was a zookeeper and she was trying to right. get the, the lion's attention. But that changed. Quote, but when I see she was just there dancing, saying hi to the lion and everything, that was crazy. So when he saw the lion start to get agitated and roar at the woman, he decided to grab his family and leave the, leave the scene. Oh. That's smart because you don't want your little kids to see them being eaten by a lion. Yeah, um, I, I can't blame him because on one hand it's like, you know, 
hey, help the woman get up. Well, she's stupid enough to get herself into that situation, then she can suffer the consequences. Exactly. That's how I feel, too. Bronx Zoo officials said there were no injuries from the encounter, but that they have a zero-tolerance policy for any of these kind of antics. Oh, yeah, you have to, because, you know, you think of that situation where the little boy fell into the gorilla exhibit. Oh, my God. And they had to kill the gorilla. And people are like, well, why didn't they just tranquilize it? Well, it's it's not like it is in the cartoons where it drops the animal instantly. Yeah. Like, it, it takes a few minutes, and... Who knows what the impact of the dart could have had to, like, anger it or danger the child or things like that. Right. So, it's when people do dumb things, the animal usually ends up paying the consequences. Right. Um, The woman has not been identified, but the zoo is currently filing um, a criminal trespass report against her. So, and I have not found anything, but if I get any more info, I'll Mm -hmm. get into that. It's, it's stories like that that make me understand why evolution is technically just a theory. <laughs> I roll. Um, so moving on to the next one. So the Oxford English Dictionary always adds new words every year. Oh, boy. Where we go. So fake news has finally been added. Is it one word, two words, it's hyphenated? It's two words. It's two words, but it's finally now officially a word, which is funny because it's actually been used dating back to 1890 really? as a term. But it's now officially an official word. Um, they're not going to give our wonderful president credit for coining the term since they said it's been around for more than a century. Mm-hmm. Other words that they have included now, slam dunk, which is hyphenated. Slam dunkin! Promposal. Oh, gosh. That needs to die out. That's over the top. When I heard about promposals, I was like, people people do that? People are going more over the top for asking people out to prom than they do for asking people to marry them. I'm going to tell Sabrina, if some dumb boy does all that crap for you, you are not going with him. (laughs) And then lastly, circle jerk. (laughs) Well, you know what that means. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. You want me to Google it? Google it. I'm not going to describe it to you. Okay. So those are now added to the Oxford English Dictionary um, as I'm Googling circle jerk. Um, oh, my God. Uh-huh. They put that in the dictionary? What? Because there's the literal definition, but then there's also, it's like... Urban Dictionary. It, it's a group. It's Urban Dictionary also cites it as a group discussion or activity between like-minded individuals that validates mutual biases or goals in non-confrontational environment. So they like they might say if it, when whenever people of the same political party get together, it's just one big circle jerk. Got you. But there's actually a literal circle that some people do where the jerking takes place. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so old now. <laughs> I feel like one of those old ass women. Like, did you hear? About did you know what that is? <laughs> All right, moving on. So this is a good segue <laughs> for our topic tonight. So Michigan drivers got a display while they were out driving. So you know those electronic billboards. Yes. Well, a hacker hacked into one and displayed a porn movie for twenty minutes. They were talking about that on last Saturday's episode of SNL on Weekend Update. Oh, they did. They- so this is near Auburn Hills, Michigan. 
I love how the writer put aroused a lot of attention Saturday night after it started playing a porn video. Police say they received numerous calls about the graphic images on the billboard, which is located on I-75 and M-59 Interchange. Um, One of the drivers who saw the sex-laden videos told the news he nearly got into an accident because he couldn't believe what he was seeing. Mm-hmm. I quote, I came across a billboard and it was something unusual. I saw two girls, lesbian porn. By the way, I'm not giving his name because he is a doctor. And that was his quote. Another driver thought at first the video was an in- intentional ad for something like a strip club. Then he realized what it really was. <laughs> I was just looking up at it and I was like, huh? Oh, wow. That's porn. <laughs> And so the the police department, they say approximately 20 minutes of the film was shown. Um, Someone did post on Instagram a safe for work portion of the video of what commuters saw. So Mm -hmm. it's like all of five seconds of like just the woman's face Uh and nothing else. Although um, this could lead to some distracted driving, there were no reports of any accidents caused by their drivers taking their eyes off the road to look at the porn on the billboard. Um, They hope to release more information on Monday on how the video got on the screen. They said it's possible a hacker got into the billboard's system and displayed it. <laughs> um, I still love the, huh? Oh, wow, that's porn. <laughs> that that, that is what that is right there. <laughs> out of all of that is what, I, when I read that, I busted out laughing because that is probably my reaction. I would be like, what? What? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, they naked. <laughs> that, that, mm, okay. <laughs> So that that would be my reaction too. So that is my random crap from the internet. Very nice. Yes, and a good segue into our topic. So if you should find yourself driving down the highway and with your 20 kids, minutes of porn is on the billboard, that might lead to a difficult conversation with your child. Yeah, so how do we go about discussing those difficult topics with our children? Yes. Like, mommy, why is those women up there naked and why are they doing that? They're wrestling. And by the way, I have those children that would do that. (laughs) So, speaking of which, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of what gave you the idea for this topic? Yeah. So, what gave me the idea is I love Sabrina. She's six. She is one of those people where the world is her oyster, and she's going to examine every little bit of it. She seems very inquisitive. She's had a lot of different questions about various different things. So, I've had the... How did Brianna get into your belly? Mm-hmm. Question. Um, how did she get out of your belly? Which, having a C-section, I could say the doctors physically took her out. Yeah, that, that does seem a little bit easier to explain, because I feel like kids can wrap their head around, the, like, the idea of surgery versus, like, pushing out. Yeah. And so I explained it in very simple terms. Mm-hmm. Um, I She has asked me how and why some people have two mommies or two daddies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to answer that. So I'm just like, oh, that's that's a question for another day. Um, <laughs> but the one time, and this is brought up, is when it comes to 
if the news is on and anything hard is on. Yes. Um, mass shootings. Um, she asked me about 9-11 this year. Mm-hmm. The one that really put a chill down my spine, and it's going to bring me to tears right now talking about it. Do you remember the story of the Colorado man who killed his wife and his two daughters and she was pregnant? The Watts family? Sort of. Is it bad that there are so many stories like that that I can't even necessarily keep straight which one is which? No, but the woman was originally from North Carolina, so it gets played a lot around here. Well, I had my news app open. There was a picture of the family. I was reading about his guilty plea and what he was going to be sentenced for. So I was reading that article, and Sabrina saw the picture and I guess she had heard a ra- like the story on the radio mm. while in the the vehicle with my husband and her sister. And this was fall of last year. And she looked at me and she was she's like, "Is that a is that the man that killed his his family?" Mm. And I said, "It is, honey." And I didn't even think. She looked at me. She said, "Is Daddy gonna do that to us?" Aww, and I was like, "What? Wait, thing. what?" And I said, "But what?" But the, her logic scared me even more. And I said, "What would make?" I said, "No, what would make you think that?" And she said, "Well, I'm little. Aurora's little, and you have a baby in your belly. And that Aww. woman was pregnant at the time. So, and I." So she saw the parallels. She saw a lot of parallels, and I said, "Oh no, honey, he's a horrible person." He's a horrible person. And no matter how much I get angry at your dad, your dad is not a horrible person and he will never do that to us. Right. Um, And having to reassure her of that because she had terror in her eyes. And I said, how did you know about it? She's like, I heard on the radio this morning when daddy was driving us. And I said, oh, and then she said, and daddy said that he wouldn't do that. But I wanted to ask you. So and I'm tearing up because I just. uh, It's hard to think about and hard to have those conversations. We'll see. And that. That story came out just as I found out I was pregnant. And then you, um, I love true crime and I listen to a lot of different podcasts, Mm -hmm. but I, all of the ones that cover those, that episode, like cover that story in Mm -hmm. their episode, I have never been able to listen to it. Yeah. It just hits too close to home. It is because the time period was, I was about as far along as she was when he killed her and, it, it just, it, even though she was having a little boy, I was having a little girl, it still, it paralleled a lot, like, the ages of their older daughters and just, now, granted, my husband's not an asshole. Right. Um, and not a self-centered bastard, but it still paralleled way too much. Yeah, and then it still having, gets you thinking about things. Yeah, and then having Sabrina put that whole concept together at five. She wasn't even six yet. She was five. Mm-hmm. Scared me. Yeah. So. And I've it's had- hard because at that age, kids, you know, they're still under the impression, you know, like mommies and daddies are the good guys. They're the yeah. ones that well, that's keep your us world. safe. Yeah. And then like the idea that, oh, wait, one of them could do something bad. Yeah. And she just thought, well, that mommy was pregnant. So that means he did, some, you know, like she yeah. put that together like oh well you know we're little and you have a baby in your belly so that's what caused it i'm like no he's just a horrible person i said he is a selfish horrible person and she said will he do that to anybody else and i said no he's going to prison for the rest of his life and sabrina is now very um interested in cop shows i think i'm rubbing off on her (laughs) 
Um, and she's very interested in the difference between jail and prison. Like, she wants to play going to jail and catching the bad guys and stuff like that. So she's had... I've had to explain the difference between jail and prison. That prison's a very... She's like, sharper than I than I am. I didn't know what the difference was until I was much older. Yeah, like, prison is a lengthier, uh, you know, sentence. Yeah. Jail is more temporary. I mean, there's just different things. Uh, we were talking about a Durham couple that got sentenced in that whole college scandal thing. Mm-hmm. And Sabrina was like, so you can go to, you could go to prison for lying. And I explained to her that there's different, so many different types of lying that you mm-hmm. can do in as adult. And I said, fraud, where you're faking something. Forgery, that's another term for faking and bribery like i was explaining to her that you can go to jail for lying if it breaks the law and i've Mm -hmm. had so i I mean i never thought i would be explaining so much to a six-year-old right and my mom's like now you know how it felt when you were little (laughs) so why are you so inquisitive and smart so i was coming up with show ideas and i sent like a list to sarah and sarah was like how about we do that and i'm like great because that is on my brain right now. Yes. And as your example points out, it's very clear that in this day and age, kids are touched by trauma and bad news on a regular basis. Yes. Whether it's something in their own lives or just something that they hear about on the radio, on the news, something at school, you know, someone they hear people talking about. Yes. And it's difficult because on one hand, our instinct might be to shield our kids from these things, but it's also important to know how to talk to them about these things so that they they form more realistic understandings of what's actually happening versus spiraling off in their own mind and maybe coming to either really wrong or really dangerous conclusions yes based on what they think they know yeah and i'm grateful that she asked me because i don't i if she had just held it up inside and then like grew a fear towards her dad right that he was going to harm us in some way because that's what she assumed that all dads at some point snap and do that so i'm glad that she asked me but it floored me for a minute because i was just like what what and then it finally hit when she finally said but you have a baby in your belly i was like oh that's why she put all of that together but i'm glad and i told her i said i'm glad you asked me i really am i said it's hard to talk about but i'm glad you asked me because your daddy's not gonna do that so what kind of what kind of information did you put together around this topic well i found off of the the organization common sense media Mm -hmm. they have it broken down um with age groups ways to touch on certain things fantastic um and then and then i found some information off the american psychological association yeah, I have some information from the American Psychological Association. Start with the common sense media one. Sure. I think that's that's really a good starting point for like, all right, no matter what age your child is, how do you start to approach these things? Right. So they start off with ages two to six, and that is my household, and I thought this would be helpful for you because you're getting We're going to get there soon. You're getting there soon. <laughs> yeah. So young children, we just talked about that, like, your parents are just your world. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally, they, I mean, that's what they say is, is they can't quite understand like really complex uh, topics, but mm-hmm. they start to notice stuff around. Yeah. Um, they still don't have a firm grasp on abstract concepts and cause and effect mm-hmm. at this point. Like things like what is death? What is. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, like when she asked me about 9 11, like, what do you mean? 
people hated us and they flew a plane into a building. Why yeah. would someone do that? It's yeah. usually what she says is, why would he do that? Why would she do that? Because they don't understand. Yeah. That they, some, don't, they don't have a frame of reference for something that big. Yeah. I mean, and also they live in Disney and Nickelodeon land. Let's be honest. Yes. And most of their world revolves around family. If you think about it, like mm-hmm. mom, dads, any siblings, grandparents, cousins, that kind of thing. Um, so they focus on anything around them. They are sensitive to parents' emotional states, and they do worry if they tr- they might get make you upset if they start to ask questions or try mm-hmm. to explain big issues. So, But what they do advise is it's better to go ahead and meet this head on with them. If they have questions, don't try to like push them away. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do want to manage their media exposure. So at first they say at first, keep the news at bay. So limit, limit like the news and other types of media that's not targeted to them. Just kind of limit that during the day. My husband likes to watch the news. I watch it from time to time. I don't really like watching the world news around my kids because they see war. They I'm not trying to shelter them. I just don't know how to explain that people in the world hate each other. And so they do horrible things. And even with the local news, like I'm just like, dear God, there are just some horrible people yeah. out there. And that stuff's it's going to find them when it finds them. I yes. guess I, I kind of agree. It's, you know, don't hurry up to get them to the point where they see that all the time. Yeah, it's okay to limit what you want them to see. It's okay to set up those barriers is what they're saying. Now, they do say if they do see it, um, reassure them with words and gestures. So, Mm -hmm. they suggest saying you're safe, mommy and daddy are safe, our family is safe. You know, hugs, that kind of thing. We love you, we take care of you, we'll protect you. Yeah, we had horrible thunder and lightning last night. Um, It shook the house and I said, I told Sabrina, Sabrina hates lightning. My husband is terrified of lightning and I think he's passed that on to her and so she has darkening curtains and I said do you want me to pull your curtains shut so you don't see the lightning she's like yeah so I mean things like that like we're safe we're inside a brick Mm -hmm. house it's very sturdy we're fine um make sure you address their feelings like tell them it's okay to be scared or sad or confused like those are natural feelings you can feel them and I'm not upset with you that you that you know about these things or that you're asking about them. Right. Yeah. Or if they see you crying about something, like mm-hmm. if you're upset over some bad news that you got, you can say, I'm upset about the situation. I'm not upset at you. Yeah. Like they, they instantly think, oh, I've done something wrong when it's like, no, I'm crying because this happened and it makes me sad. Yeah. So that way they can understand those emotions. Find out what they know. Yes. So like when she was approached to be about that horrible um, family that was murdered, you know, I was like, how, how did you hear about this? What do you know? And when she brought up, well, she was pregnant and those girls were about our age. Does that mean the same's going to happen to us? It's like, Ooh, no, but mm-hmm. I could see how you put those puzzle pieces together. Um, so it says, you know, ask them what they think happened before you give any of the, your specifics. Yeah. Cause you might go off on a either giving them way more information than they need to know, or it might be the same subject, but a totally different piece than what they're focusing on. Yes. Um, And then using some simple terms to break down some big issues. So they suggest if, if they know, ask you about some kind of violent crime, you could say says, you know, someone used a gun to shoot people Mm -hmm. like a mass shooting. 
Um, if it's a hate crime, you could say something, some groups of people still aren't treated equally or fairly, or you can even say people don't see them, you know, the, the right. people don't see them equally. Um, they suggest if it's rape, which my daughter has not picked up what that word is yet. I know it's coming. Thank goodness. <laughs> say, um, um, they suggest a man hurt a woman. Mm-hmm. Just very simple terms because they yeah. don't understand the concepts of sex and stuff. So also catch your own biases. Um, well, I did read this. And I thought this was super important. Yeah. So we all say things like man, woman, girl, boy, um, fat guy, homeless lady, pretty little girl or black boy. Avoid describing a person's ethnicity, sexual identity, weight, financial status, and so on, unless it's relevant to the issue. Uh, Sabrina, so we were watching Despicable Me 3, and she was asking about why one of the characters was so fat. And I Mm -hmm. said, we don't need to talk about how he looks. Yeah. Like, he was just drawn that way. Because it's a cartoon. Yeah, that's just how he looks. And so I I brought that up to her, but, like, I notice. Because I didn't know how to approach it, but, like, my, you know, my kids go to school with all different people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I never was like, oh, is that girl black? Is that girl Mexican? Is that girl? Like, I never used those terms. Maybe because of the way I was raised, I hated hearing that. So mm-hmm. I decided to take a different approach. And I'm like, tell me what your friend looks like. And so Sabrina will say she has brownish skin. And brown eyes. Or she has darker skin than me. And, like, I have her describe it to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's right or wrong. But that way she doesn't grow up saying, oh, she's a black girl. She's a Hispanic girl. She's this. Like, I like, I want her to see them for who they are. Right. So I'm trying my best not to. I'm trying to, like. I I buy that. I'm trying to keep my own biases at bay and be like, describe them. Oh, okay. So she has the darker skin and the darker hair. Okay, got Mm -hmm. you. And I, you know. And then. Any vocabulary or ideas or something that they are familiar with. So something that they can relate to. Like if it's a story about like a certain crime, like a man stole something. You could say, remember when, you know, someone stole your teddy bear from you or something Mm -hmm. like that. Something that they can relate to more on their level. Right. Um, Use basic terms for any sort of feeling. So like mad, sad, afraid, happy, surprise. Uh, Young children understand emotions, but they don't understand mental illness. Yeah. So you can say that someone was angry too much or confused too much or needed extra help. Or was sick and angry. Yeah. Like like they don't understand like blew a gasket, flew the coop is what they put here, going postal, any of those like little idioms. They don't know that. I will say when I've had some low points in my depression and I'm sitting there crying, you know, she's like, why, why are you so upset, mommy? And I'm just like, mommy's just really sad. Mm-hmm. I had nothing else to say except I was just really sad and I couldn't tell her why because I didn't even know why. Yeah. And so it's, it's hard, but she didn't understand how. Mommy's having a hormonal imbalance and I don't, and I'm not currently able to Fix the chemicals in my brain. She's like, what? Mommy's serotonin is very low and mommy needs <laughs> Mommy needs to go refill her so loft. And then um, always communicate who's in charge. So, like, mommy and daddy will make sure nothing happens to us. You know, the police are the good guys. I do explain that, like, you know, if the police show up, they're there for a reason. If the fire department shows up, they're there for a reason. So, things mm-hmm. like that. So, that's for ages two to six. I know that's kind of lengthy, but... 
Um, next group is seven to twelve years okay. of age. So you got that preteen. Um, this is where they start to get exposed to more age appropriate content. Um, and some not age appropriate too. And some unfortunately, not. they start to gain more abstract thinking, more real world experience. They start to express themselves more. And so that's when they start grappling with different perspectives, different yeah. thoughts, different situations. And, um, and especially when they get toward like the order, the older end of that spectrum. Like I think back to, you know, that's middle school years yes. and how moody and hormonal and opinionated I suddenly was at that point. Yes. And it's, al- and it's also the age where a lot of us start puberty, puberty, but also, you know, pushing away from our parents exactly. a little bit of that's like, right. you don't understand, you don't get it. Yeah. So that's what they say is they, that's when they start beginning uh, separating from their parents, interacting with media more and becoming more independent. And from that, they can, uh, there, more studies have found, and this is, this floored me when I, I found this out like a few months ago, but they are, I mean, I know the violent video games, but more kids at this age experience hardcore pornography at the age of, like, kids as young as seven and eight are starting to watch it. Because it's, think of how easy it is to, know, to, to, to find just, that stuff. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Because, I mean, back in the day, it was, you know, Maybe go see if your dad has a stack of Playboys under his mattress. But now it's like, or if you, you can, get uh, you get access to the computer, you can look for anything. Or the scrambled up channel that you try to mess with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like try to watch in between the bars. Um, distressing, any sort of distressing news, online hate speech they're exposed to, mm-hmm. any of that. So how do you discuss those things without getting that awkward, like, you don't understand anything. You don't know how I feel. You don't know what I'm do- going through. Mom, you're so embarrassing. Well, they might still be embarrassed, but still. So key thing is wait for the right moment. Kids at this age are still very likely to come to you first if they're that worried or frightened about something. Right. Um, you can feel it out and see if they want to discuss. If they don't bring it up, don't feel like you have to broach those difficult topics until they ask. So sort of feel it out. Like if they completely keep shutting you down, then you might have to push a little harder. Okay. Um, find out what they know. So what have they heard? Like mm-hmm. what are your friends saying about this in school? What do they think? You know, answer questions simply and directly don't over explain because this is the age where too much information can kind of blow up in their head and get them yeah. even more scared. Create a safe space for discussion. So you could say to them, these topics are hard for dis- are hard to discuss. Like even adults have a hard time discussing it. Let's just talk. I won't be mad about what you say. I just want to know how you feel. And I want you to feel free to like ask me what you want. Have an open dialogue. Mm-hmm. Don't be like my house where it's like, don't have sex. Crickets. <laughs> or actually, she, I don't think we even used the word. I think it was don't do it. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I really didn't. I went to my sisters. I was like, mom said don't do it. What does it mean? Like drugs? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all I could think of was drugs. My sisters were like, oh, girl, sit with us. Oh, come sit at my feet. <laughs> like, we figured she would do this to you. Um, so provide any context or perspective. Um, they need to understand the circumstances around that issue for it to make sense. Like, like they're just starting to understand the abstract concept, so they're going to mm-hmm. need a little bit more detail. For example, for mass shootings, here's something that you could say. The person who committed the killing had problems in his brain that confused his thoughts. So that's mm-hmm. one way of putting it. If it is 
a race-based crime or maybe even a hate crime where they you could say something like, some people wrongly believe that light-skinned people are better than dark-skinned people. Right. Without the correct information, they sometimes commit crimes they think are justified. Yeah. And I think that's perfect. Yeah, it's... If it's, I could say it that eloquently. Exactly. I mean, let's see, it's it's succinct. And, you know, if they have follow-up questions, you can always talk more about that. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's not getting into, well, let me tell you about the history of race relations in this country <laughs> and how effed up it is. I'm sorry to chuckle. A part of me <sighs> wants to have, like, little note cards because I don't know if I could say it that eloquently. and be like, people are stupid. Like, I just want to say it like that. People are just, they are stupid. Stupid. And it makes me angry. It makes me angry that they're that stupid. But anyway, um, address any of their curiosity. So if they do come across some porn or other grown-up material online, here's one thing that they they suggest. Online pornography is something that some grown-ups look at. But it's not about love or romance. And it can give you the wrong idea about sex. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn more about sex, I can give you some books to look at and we can talk more if you have questions. Yeah, that's the big thing for me is it's... I'm very nervous about sex, to talk about sex and sexuality. I, I am too, but it, but yeah, I think I that's one of those things where I would rather jump in jump in front of the train before it takes yes, off down the tracks too far. Because I do. there are so many wrong impressions that you that yes boys and girls can get about sex by yes. learning it from pornography instead of learning it from a safe resource. Yes. And I I want I want my girls to feel safe to come to me about it. Yeah. I really need some drinks for a multitude of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing you could say is let's find some new sources that offer current events written for kids. Mm-hmm. If there's another serious topic that they really want more information about. Be sensitive to their emotions and temperament. So you don't know what's going to call it, like trigger something. So check in. Ask them how they feel about it. I and like and this came from a different article, but I thought it was interesting the, and important to point this out. That even, even say if your child comes to you for information, kids can still react in a whole bunch of different ways. Yes. Like some kids will take a while to digest the information. So they might kind of just listen to your response and mm-hmm. say, okay, and then like come back later with more questions. Yes. Some have a million questions right away and they're just like, their mind is blown. Mm-hmm. And then others might just not seem phased at all. She's like, okay. And then they never bring it up again. Yeah. So I have a kid that's like. Rapid fire. Yeah, rapid fire. Sabrina's rapid fire. Right now, I'm gauging Aurora is the okay and walks away kind mm-hmm. of kid. Because she really is just right now just like, fine, whatever. Yeah. It's just her attitude. I'm assuming that that's probably how it's going to be because it hasn't changed in the last year and a half. So, <laughs> but that is true. Uh, one thing is encourage critical thinking at this age. So for 7 to 12-year-olds, they're already gaining that. Um, give them some more open-ended questions when you go to them about serious topics like, what did you hear? What did it make you think? Why do you think that? Mm-hmm. You can even, for the older end of this um, age group, you could say, do you think families from other backgrounds would view this the same way as us? I don't know if I'd ever have that discussion with people in my family. The news media hypes up stories so more people will pay attention. Why do you think the story is getting so much airtime or something Mm -hmm. like that is another question. And then always look for the positives. So turn around to make it a little bit more optimistic. Like, Mm -hmm. 
bring up the people who were heroes at the crime scene. Like, right. all I can think about is that horrible shooting in Orlando, but yet mm-hmm. all the people that were there to help. You and know? all the people who lined up to give blood for yes. the next, like, several days in the heat and stuff like that. Yes. And, How, and if it's something that's, like, really gripping them, like, maybe find out ways that they could help. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe donating something or whatever. Absolutely. So, last um, group is teenagers. Here we go. Here we go. Um, so, obviously, teenagers are more engaged in media independently. So, they will read it, look for it, find it on their own because they have phones, they have computers, they have tablets, they have TV, they have pretty much everything. They often hear about difficult subjects in the news or from other places, um, some from video game chats or social media. I'm like, really? Video game chats? But that makes sense now. It is not Super Mario Brothers or Donkey Kong. <laughs> it's no. far different from when I was younger. Um, with And most of the time, they find us out without their knowledge. Like, even when I was a teenager, before any of this, I found out stuff through friends or mm-hmm. my sisters. That's pretty much how I found out stuff. Yeah, for me, it was friends or, a lot of cases, older siblings of friends. Yeah. Or uh-huh. even, like, you know... AOL Instant Messenger was big back when we were in high school and stuff. And, like, just random people would message you. And sometimes it would be innocent. And sometimes it would be someone wanting to have cyber sex with you. And I'm like, oh, what's cyber sex? And found out. (laughs) Craziness. So one thing to remember is teenagers don't like lectures. No. Because they think they know everything. To be, well, I mean, to be honest, I'm a full-grown adult, and I still don't like lectures. <laughs> I don't like lectures, but I will say I think I know more at 37 than I did at 17. I hope still so. don't know everything. But we're getting there. We're working on it. I know a smidge. Um, so encourage them to find media that can enrich their knowledge, as they put it here, and ask questions that prompt them to think through their arguments. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, well, just so-and-so said so, so it must be true. So encourage open dialogue. Um, They need to know that they can ask questions, test their opinions, and speak freely without fear of consequences. So you could say something like, we may not agree on everything, but I'm interested in what you have to say. Yeah. And I know my dad was always very open like that. And I appreciated, he was my go-to person to tell things to. Mm -hmm. Because my mom would just fly off the handle like, "Ah!" Yeah. And it's the same kind of thing that I hope to build with our kids around like, I hope you don't do underage drinking. I hope you don't do drugs. I hope you don't do all these things. But if you ever get yourself in a bad situation, call me. You can call me. And and I will come and get you. Yes. Yeah. Well, the next day, we'll have a conversation and we'll get soared through some stuff. But I don't ever want you to be afraid of, so afraid of my reaction that you can't call me to get out of a bad situation. Exactly. I don't, yeah, I don't want something worse happening to you because you're more afraid of my reaction than the situation and this is like the information version of that yes of i might be surprised at what you're asking about or what you're talking about but i'd rather you still bring that to me yes and right now i've posed it as just because the age of six or so is where potentially sexual molestation and sexual abuse can happen i've got a book for sabrina about Mm -hmm. 
you allow people to touch you when you want them to. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you go tell an adult. Yeah. And I've also started, I've read a several websites um, that say, you know, you teach them that you don't keep secrets. And right. I, and I tell, and I've told her several times, I'm like, if an adult tells you that they want you to keep a secret, you still tell me because an adult should never have a secret with a child. Right. Period. I've also done, I've also said, you know, if an adult asks you for directions, they should never ask you for directions. I said, if an adult is asking a child for help, you run away. Mm-hmm. Because an adult only should ask another adult. Right. They don't need to ask a child. Because how can you help them? And she laughs and she's like, that's true. I'm like, no, I'm serious. So I'm starting to approach that in a way. Mm-hmm. And the reason I know some people are like, why are you? Because I found like when I got to be a teenager and even in my 20s, I found I had a lot of friends that were abused and I did not know. Mm. And they finally started confessing to me and it all started around. They were like five or six years old. Mm. And so now that my daughter's five or six years old, I'm like, "Mm -mm, nope. Not that I don't trust. I trust family, but I just. You never know. I feel now that she's having more playdates where I leave her, um, she's only spent the night at one friend's house. And I had, I went over there and like vetted them like you wouldn't believe. Right. And I truly trust them a hundred percent, but I'm still very antsy about her spending the night with, like, I need to go hang out at your house. Mm-hmm. I need to hang out with you and your husband. I need to hang out with siblings. I need to, like, I need to know who's coming and going in that place. Like, I am one of those parents that I'm going to check it all out in a very subtle way. I'm not, I'm not like Mark where he gives everybody like the 20 question grill kind of thing, (laughs) but I'm subtly just checking. So anyway, sorry for that side thing, but yeah. So for teenagers. So for teenagers, you want to also ask um, lots of open-ended questions still, but also just let them know that you support their ideas. So like, what do you think about police brutality? What do you know about it? What do you think is at fault? Why do you think that? Admit that when you don't know something, like Mm -hmm. admit that it's okay that you don't know all the answers. I think the thing that kind of blows my... Sorry, cut you no, off. No, you're fine. The thing that is going to get harder, and this is even true with the middle school age kids, too, is, again, speaking of fake news, there's so much stuff out there that masquerades yes. as news, which is honestly just either opinion or is just totally false, no like, matter how you slice like it. Just like one sentence of truth out of the whole thing. And it's it's so easy just to latch on to something like, well, I read this. And it's like, yeah, but... Do you know enough to know to be critical of the sources that you I mean, get information from? there's some adults from. that don't, aren't oh, yeah. fall into the there, trap. There are tons of adults, and even even myself sometimes. Yeah, like, I catch myself, I'm like, it. okay, wait, let's, let's step back and check on yeah. this. Like, yeah. Is that legit that I heard? Yeah. yeah. But exactly, like, you know, admit that you don't know. You can even say, let's, let's, let's research it together. Let's mm-hmm. find out more information. Or where do you think you can go to look for more information? Yeah. You know, something like that. Help them to consider the complexities of difficult subjects. So um, this can be social issues, politics, tradition. Some of these questions are really, I'm like, wow, I can't. Um, uh, What makes difficult issues such as rape, violence, and crime so hard to solve? Mm -hmm. What key things would you need to change to fix certain issues such as poverty? 
How do policymakers get to the bottom of an issue to correct tough problems? Should we accept tiny changes that help a problem little by little or insist on big changes? So that's some questions you can ask your teenager mm-hmm. if you really <laughs> want to have those good, powerful discussions. I would say, and then, and then eventually you get into the whole issue of bipartisan government and how no one can agree on anything. And, and we stonewall. Uh, good times. Where we are today in 2019. Yay. Everything's bad. <laughs> the world sucks. The Just world get over sucks. It. <laughs> um, another thing is, you can also share your values. So you can let you know, let your kids know where you stand. Um, explain why you hold those certain issues. Um, if you want your teens to be respectful of others' differences, explain why you value tolerance and acceptance. So that's one yes. thing I I grew up with like a teetering of tolerance and acceptance but in my heart i had full tolerance and acceptance yeah so i i grew up in an environment where the line was like "Mm." Mm -hmm. like we're not going to talk down on people we're not going to make fun of people but we don't really kind of know how we feel i on the other hand am like when my daughters grow up Whoever they bring home is who they bring home, mm-hmm. and I'm still going to love them. Yes. I'm not going to throw them out of my house, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell them I may not completely understand it or understand anything, mm-hmm. but you're my child, and I'm going to love you. Mm-hmm. And so that's, and I've always said that to them. Yeah. There's that. Um, talk about their news in quotations so prompt them to consider how different sources put their own spin on issues mm-hmm. so like the let more leftist news more rightist news how yeah. that can influence an audience's opinion and so how social media comes into play yeah how certain stories can be bended by one person's point of view oh yeah Especially, like, we were talking about in our social media, like, episode, how, oh, my family is just gorgeous and perfect and great. And then it's like, but five seconds before that, like, one was screaming at the other, the husband and you aren't barely talking. You know, there's you there's what you want people to right. see and what reality is. I saw a post on Facebook the other day. It had, like, one of those like, beautiful, artistically done family pictures with, like, dad the mom who was also pregnant and they're like their little toddler and it's like behind oh, this picture I saw that. four trips to old navy several meltdowns <laughs> lots of yelling at, at at our child dad getting really pissed off and then finally taking the picture yeah and like the mom like has like bad motion sickness morning sickness or something yeah. like that yeah um and then uh talking about different news sources versus like news broadcasts on tv so like i guess there's new channels called vice and vox for millennials uh-huh. that have different ways of investigative reporting. There's this, this one question. I don't know if I could ever ask my kid this, but it's like, does a reporter have to experience heroin dependency to be able to report on a story on opiate addiction? I'm going to say no, but <laughs> I hope not. I don't know if teens feel that way or not. And then ask your teenager what they would do if they were in a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a really good idea. Because this is also that if you're in trouble, you can call me. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you ask them, like, I want to know if they really think that. So, this is a way they can figure out who they are and, like, how they can seek out help if they're at risk. Yeah. So, this helps them consider how they would act if confronted with a terrible reality. 
Um, is a way to help them grapple with ethical dilemmas and uh, see themselves in making good choices. So here's one question. If you were caught in a political demonstration that turned violent and you saw people being mistreated, what would you do? Good so, questions. So I remember growing up, I come from the biggest thing I had, like my parent, like that whole peer pressure thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom and dad, like, sitting down with me about it. And I was like, I have friends that smoke. And they're like, you do? Have you tried it? I'm like, no. Are you sure? I'm like, yes, I have I have not smoked. I don't get that whole peer pressure thing. Like, okay, you're smoking. I mean, and I never had friends that were like, try it, try it, try it. Like, they, right. It's it was, not, it's every group, group, friend group is not like an after school special where they're like, I mean, but it's that's their what mission I to get them my to try. parents had in their mind was like, everything was like a after school or a very special yeah. episode or something like that from a sitcom. And I was like, no. Like, they were like, hey, do you want do you want to smoke? And I'm like, no. That was that. Yeah. I felt no urge. And then lastly, for teenagers, try when you're having these difficult conversations with them to think of solutions. So teens can be cynical, but they're also idealistic, mm-hmm. which I was also both at. If anything's going to get better, they note, it's going to be this generation, which is true. Every generation has the ability to make it better. Yes. Um, Show them that you trust them. So ask them, if you were in charge, what issue would you solve first and why and how would you do it? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if I would actually engage with my parents or if I would just roll my eyes and be like, Mom. Yeah. But I think if they did it enough, I would. So that is the th- like the three main groups. Mm-hmm. I think the overall that's very much the same is like let your kids be heard, let them know how you feel, but let them know that your feelings do not have to be their feelings. Mm-hmm. Ask them like where where are you starting Let's from? Just- what do you know? And yeah, like what's built on it from there. And even though as they get older, their world expands, you're still a very big focal point in their mm-hmm. world. And like we both said, like, just emphasize, I'm not going to be upset. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be mad. So. And I, a lot of my research really just completely overlaps what you did. It was no, go ahead. Re- really well said. Um, just a few thoughts to kind of end on. Yeah. Is that despite kind of what the rough things that Pamela outlined, there really is no perfect template for having difficult conversations. No. Especially since every family is unique and Mm -hmm. the thoughts and beliefs that each family holds about why bad things happen or what happens after death, so on and so forth, that's going to influence how you speak to to your child. Yes. And also, as we mentioned, each child is unique. Some are mature for their age like sabrina sounds oh, like she's God, just way she's ahead a, of her years I, I tell people all the time she is an old soul she yeah. truly is you know you've hung oh, out yeah. with her enough and while others will grow up more slowly and just you know kind of take little bite-sized pieces at a time like aurora uh-huh. and obviously you know you'll talk to a three-year-old differently than you talk to a 10-year-old so right especially if you have a situation like you know a family member dies or something like that you might have to have oh, different conversations with each of your children, depending on how big the age differences are, that kind yeah. of thing. So, just take it one conversation at a time. Use your <sighs> use your parental intuition to know when and how to discuss things, and we'll all stumble through the best we can. Tough stuff to talk through, but very important. So, until next time, go whew, go get yourself a drink. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need a big one. Gonna need a big one. Yeah. All right. We're all here. We all love you. And so until next time, I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela Walker-Dees. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is by Yov Aliagon. Be sure to check out the Motherhood on Tap page on Facebook. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It really helps to get the word out about the show. You can subscribe and follow Motherhood on Tap on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most other podcast apps. If you have questions or funny stories, you can email us at motherhoodontap at gmail.com. Partner with us on Patreon.com for special bonus episodes and help keep this podcast and the two of us in business. Till next time. time.